Likuti Sichas, Chelik Chav, Volume 20, the first Sicha for Parshas Vayetze. This Sicha will discuss the 15 Shir Hamalis, that is the 15 chapters in Tehillim, from chapter 120 through 134, and the connection of it to our Parsha, and of course the lesson that we can derive from it. So, just a few things to familiarize ourselves with. There is the expression Yisrael Sava which literally can be translated as the Israel, the elder, or the grandfather, so to speak. And this, of course, is always a reference to Yaakov Avinu. Because we know Yaakov had both names. First he was named Yaakov, and many years later, uh, Hashem also changed his name, and he had them kind of simultaneously, both Yaakov and Yisrael. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with, the Medrash tells us in regards to recital of Tehillim, the importance and the tremendous value of an accomplishment of reciting Tehillim is because David HaMelech, who authored the Tehillim, he made a request from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that when a Yid recites the Tehillim, even, or perhaps maybe even especially, when they don't know what the words mean, they're just saying it out of the earnestness of the heart, that it should be considered for them as if they are studying Negoim and Ahalais. Negoim and Ahalais, Negoim means we have the afflictions of leprosy, and Ahalais are the rules pertaining to Ahalais. Ahal literally means a tent of various most complex laws within the Talmud, within any of the even most difficult subjects in the Talmud. These are considered the way up there, so and of course, therefore, they garnish a tremendous reward when a person dwells into it and puts their mind to understanding it. That's a tremendous effort that one has to put in and commitment and dedication to learning Torah. So imagine David Melech asked that when a yid recites to heal him, they should achieve the same thing, and it was granted to him. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with the three others, the three patriarchs, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. So we know Avraham corresponds to the attribute of chesed, Yitzchak to the attribute of gevura, that's an, a, a, an opposite expression, and then Yaakov to the, is the third, which is the middle pillar, which is the attribute of Tiferes, literally beauty, which actually includes the two, this harmonious fusion between chesed and gevura together, or otherwise known as rachamim, compassion. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with a well-known concept, Yerida Tzayrech Aliyah. That in Hasidus and Kabbalah it's always explained whenever there's a Yerida, whenever there seems to be a descent, meaning there is some kind of lowering of standard or some kind of problem, whether it is Yidin going to Golos or perhaps even a mishap, that's really always for the purpose of the Aliyah, of the ascent that comes as a result and through that. And one more thing to familiarize ourselves with, the idea of Ayin. We know that the world was created Yesh Me Ayin. Literally, in simple English, something from nothing. But of course, Ayin is not nothing. We refer to it as Ayin. We refer to it as, quote, not nothing, because we don't know what it is. It's way beyond the capacity of our understanding, and therefore we refer to it as Ayin. But really, there's no greater level than the Ayin or the Ein Soif, the infinite light of Hashem. Let's go into the Sikha. So in the Sikha it says, that when Yaakov Avinu 
in the beginning of Parshas Vayetze, when he made his stop in Abayhara Maria, and he stayed over the night. So it says he lied down. But the Torah doesn't just say he lied down, which obviously would mean he lied down in, in there, right? That where he stopped. But it makes a point to emphasize that he lied down in that place. Well, this is telling. This tells us something. So the Medra says that this comes to intimate that there he lied down, but for the 14 years that he was hidden, that he was hiding in the yeshiva of Aver, he didn't actually lie down. Even if he slept, it was just he caught a quick snooze while he was sitting over a safer learning. That's one opinion. The second opinion says that it, this is intimating, this is pointing out that here he lied down, he actually made a deliberate effort to lay down to go to sleep, but in the next 20 years that he spent in the house of Lavan, he did not lie down to go to sleep, as we see at the end of his stay at Lavan, when he spoke to his wives, Rachel and Leah, he actually expressed this, and he says, that I, didn't, I, I had no sleep in my eyes, in other words, I worked for your father day and night. Then the Medrash continues and it says, quote, what did he say? What did Yaakov say? So Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says that what he said were he recited the 15 Shir HaMailois, the 15 chapters in Tehillim from chapter 120 through 134, that's what he recited. And the, ta- and the Medrash continues and says, where, where do you get this from? What is his reasoning, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi? So he says, because if you look in chapter 124, it says, That behold, lest Hashem should be with us, says Yisrael. Who is Yisrael? Yisrael Sava, which is a reference, a moniker of Yaakov Avinu. This is what Rabbi Shua ben Levi says. Rabbi Shmuel ben, uh, ben, ben Achman says, he says no, that he would recite the entire Tehillim. And where does he get that from? Because there's a Pasuk in Tehillim that says, And you, Holy One, you sit, you dwell on the praises of Yisrael. Again, who's Yisrael? Yisrael is Yisrael Saba, this is Yaakov. Now it's understood now, going now to understand this Medrash. When the Medrash asks, what did he say? It's not asking, you know, what did he do? This doesn't mean... To, to, to ask, what did he do all those years? Because we know what he did all those years. As he himself, as I mentioned before, as he himself shared with his wives later on, that all he did all these years, his only occupation was working tirelessly and with full absolute dedication to watch the sheep of her father. Rather, the question is, what did he say? What did Yaakov Davin, what did he pray in order to withstand, to survive all the challenges and the difficulties in Haran in general and specifically in the house of Lavan? You see, when he was in the house of Lavan, it's clear that he was in a state of Golos, right? He had to be, all, he had to be totally and absolutely occupied all the time with the sheep of Lavan, with the work, with the, with the work of Lavan, and he had to continuously contend with Lavan, who was a cheater, which obviously that has an effect on you and it, it, it could bring you down. And therefore the Medrash asks, what is it that he said? How did he contend with this? How was he saved from this? How was he spared from this? There must be that Yaakov utilized his power, which as we know, in last week's parsha, where it says "Hakoyl Ko Yaakov," that the voice is the voice of Yaakov. Our power is through prayer. So, therefore, the Medrash asks, 
what exactly did he pray? And it answers the two opinions, you know, the, either the 15 Shira Milois or the entire Tehillim. Now, let's analyze it. If you go, you know, the answer that says, Rabshul Bar Nachman, that's very uh, reasonable. Because look, he couldn't study Torah. He was fully and absolutely occupied in working. And, 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 and with total and absolute dedication, he could not take his mind off what he was doing. And therefore, he couldn't be engrossed in the study of Torah. So instead, by reciting the entire Tehillim, he was able to accomplish something similar to it, as we see that the Medrash says that through saying Tehillim, it could be considered by Hashem as one studies Negoim and Alois. But according to the opinion that he said 15 Shir HaMailais, only these 15 chapters, what exactly is the calculation? What does it mean? How, how, how does this play a role in his uh, salvation, so to speak, in his being able to overcome this terrible challenge that he was in? So the Rebbe says we will answer it by means of introducing what the Chidah, the Chidah says about the 15 Shir HaMailais, that the number 15, it corresponds to the 15 years that Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov lived together, meaning that they were alive at the same time. If you do the calculations, it was only a 15-year period, because we know, and we know it from this parsha that Avraham Avinu passed away when Yaakov and Esav turned 15. So it's only 15 years that you had all three Abbas in this universe alive together. And according to this, we can explain that what is the 15 Shir HaMailis, why did he recite these 15 chapters? This was to arise, arouse, to awaken the power of the schus, or to awaken, to draw down the power of the schus, of the merit of the three Avais as they come together. That only by them all being together and having this tremendous power of all three of them was he able to survive this terrible time that he was in, uh, this challenging time that he was in the house of Lavan. Now, why did he need the schus of all three of them? In other words, to, in order to overcome the challenge, the hardships of the house of Laban, so we can understand it by, a, by means of a literal war, an actual literal war that happened in the times of the Alter Rebbe that is described in the writings and the teachings and the Maimorim of the Tzemach Tzedek. The Alter Rebbe apparently related it to him. And he describes as follows, that the normal order of things is, what are the tactics of war? What is the strategy that they would do? I remember, just to note, that warfare then is not like today. Today you shoot missiles from a distance. Today you have tanks that can shoot from a far distance. The war was swords and spears, and you had to fight literally face-to-face, almost, almost literally. So how did they do it? It says you divide your entire army into three, call it three platoons, and then you have the opposing army also divides their army into three, and you kind of, each platoon fights the opposing platoon. This is the normal order of things. However, the Alter Rebbe apparently witnessed a war, and I don't know which war it is, you can look it up, that what they did is to outsmart the enemy, they took all three platoons against one of their enemy's platoon, and of course they overwhelmed them. So, and, and this is a certain, uh, a certain road to victory. It says the Rebbe, using that 
And now we can understand why the Tzemach Tzedek spent the time of teaching us about a war that happened once, because this is important for us to know how to approach uh, matters of Avodah Hashem, how to engage um, the enemy, so to speak. And this is exactly, says the Rebbe, when it comes to the spiritual wars. That this is what Tzemach Tzedek writes, that in order to overpower the Yitzhahara, one needs all three aspects of Kedusha. One needs the three most important attributes to come together, and then you can overwhelm this one mighty Yitzhahara. And that's why he had all, that's why he had recited all these 15 Shir HaMailis, in order to combine, to bring together the three Avais, Chesed, Gevura, and Tiferes, because then he had the power and he had the true energy that he needed to overcome all the, the challenges. It says the Rebbe, now we can even greater, even, even appreciate even more why specifically the number of 15. In other words, we know that there was 15 years of it together, but what really is the remis that lies here in the number 15? See, so he says 15 really is the number of Yud K, which is the first two later letters of Hashem's name, Yud K Vavke. Now we know in general, Yud K corresponds to the intellectual aspect, Moichin, right? Yud is Chachma, He is Bina. And the Vavke, the second half of Hashem's name, corresponds already to the emotional attributes. The Vav is six, is the six Midois, and the He corresponds to Malchus, which is the seventh and the lowest. Says the Rebbe, this is the Remes, this is the hint here. In order for all the three Midas to come together, you need to have in it the Yud K, the 15. You need to have a revelation, the power of the intellectual uh, aspects of things, meaning the Yud and the He have to come together. Because since, how does this work? Because since the intellect is far superior to the emotions, it's able to affect it and bring together even opposite emotions, in this case, Chesed and Gevura and Teferis, bring them all together to work in harmony. Now that we explained, we explained why he said 15 and, and, why, and what the Remes is in 15, but there's still a question that remains. If you look, the opening of each one of these 15 Psalms is Shir Hamailis, a song. Now we know that a song is synonymous with simcha. A song means that there's happiness. What kind of happiness is, 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 is there? Okay? The fact is that he's in a very difficult situation, so where is the happiness? The answer is that this descent of Yaakov into Choron, into the house of Lavan, into all the problems, was of course for the purpose of, not of overwhelming him, but on the contrary, of him coming out even greater. There's Yerida Tzorek Haliyah. And as we know at the end, it actually happens. It says, by He became extremely successful, both in the material, in the spiritual, and he built his family. So since Yaakov was able to, quote, see it, he can see into the future. In other words, he didn't just live in the moment. He didn't just live in the experience that he was experiencing in that very moment, but he was able to see into the future and understand what the purpose of this all is. Therefore, he was already in a state where he can be, with, he can be truly joyous. He can be in absolute joy. And this is something which, if you, if you think about it, it applies to us. And the truth is, if we look at the 15 Shira Milas, we can appreciate it by looking at the first chapter of these 15 Shira Milas. 
You see, everything typically is emphasized and comes to its greatest expression right in the beginning. Okay, like even the beginning of a good essay, you make your point right in the beginning and then you expound on it. So to speak, here too, the Rebbe says if you look at the very first Shir HaMailis, that's chapter 120, you look at the last verse, what does it say? The last Pesach says, That means that notwithstanding the fact that I come for peace, my purpose is peace, yet they come, and as much as I speak peace and I try to espouse peace, but they come for war. What is the, the war, the spiritual war? Spiritual war is what we're experiencing. The concealment, the Helam and Hester of Gullus. And most specifically, within Gullus, all the Nisiyonis, all the challenges that we face on a daily basis. And through one saying, Shir Hamailis, that Shir Hamailis, you're saying a song over the quote, they come to war, with this we emphasize the great accomplishment, the great achievement that will come through this war. That this war in itself is not a purpose in itself. This challenge slash war of the Gullahs is not a purpose in itself, but rather to what it's going to bring to. bring to. And this is the lesson for us. A Yid is, of course, on his own. On one's own, one is not allowed to seek out Nisiyonis. One is not allowed to seek out challenges. On the contrary, Every day, what do we say? One of the first things we pray for in the day, please do not bring us to any challenge. Do not impose any challenges on us. Right? And this is the idea of the beginning of the passage, the beginning of the verse. I espouse peace. I want peace. I want to serve Hashem out of tranquility, without challenges. However, because of the great accomplishment that comes through, the great achievement that can come as a result of the challenges, sometimes Hashem imposes challenges on us. Quote, they come to us to war. Why they? Because there's a multitude here. All the various gashmizdik material aspects. And for this, that a yid, and this is what a yid sings, a yid not only does not allow the challenges and Nisiyonis to prevent him, to hold him back from serving his Hashem in the proper manner, but rather from this he sees that it comes out an extra big, extra added and increased energy and vigor in Havodas Hashem. So the Rebbe says every single Indian and Torah is an everlasting and eternal um, lesson. From this we can understand that this whole discussion that we just explained about the 15 Shira Milois has a, a special connection to our times, especially that we are in the most difficult part-time era of Golos. When a Yid starts to think about the real, the, the enormity, the reality of the situation that we're in, we're in, it can actually, you know, and, and to the extent, as you see in chapter 121 in Kuf that you say, May I and Yobi Ezri, I don't know, I'm at loss from where is going to come my salvation? I, I don't know what's going to be here. And this is not a question that we're asking. The Torah is asking it. Tehillim is asking it. That's how legitimate it is. This can, God forbid, cause a person to fall into despair, perhaps, right? And this is where the lesson comes. That since this, the Yerida is Tzorech Aliyah, it's not for the Yerida itself. It's for the purpose of the Aliyah. There should be a Yisra na Oyer There should be an added, an increase, an increase in the light not in spite of the darkness, but from the darkness, going through the darkness. Therefore, well, how do you respond? What's supposed to be the Yid's approach 
You're supposed to lift up your eyes. What does that mean? You're supposed to lift up your eyes and really look at the distance and what the purpose of this all is. And then you don't get phased from all the darkness of the gullus. On the contrary, you become strong, you become emboldened, and you become happy to the extent that you can sing a song, Shir Hamalis. Of course, when we say you're going to sing a song, when you look at the Gullus, we're not talking about, God forbid, getting comfortable in Gullus and celebrating the Gullus itself. God forbid. Rather, the, you're celebrating and you're singing about the Toitzois, the outcome of what's going to come through the Avoid and Gullus. And then you actually find the answer within the question. What was the question? What was the prayer? What was the expression somewhat of despair? From where will come my help? We don't know. As you don't know, you're in doubt. At least initially. Says the Rebbe Asksidis explains, this is actually not a question. This is an answer. This tells us, from the point of ayin, from the highest source of Godliness, of emanation of godliness, even beyond that of Seder Hishtal Shalus, from Ayin, that's where Yahweh Ezri, that's where the, the, the salvation comes. And what is the next Pasuk? Not only does it come from all the way high above, but the next Pasuk says, Ezri Me'im Hashem that it goes down to the level of Hashem, and then it goes down even to the level of making heaven and earth, meaning it trickles down all the way down here, that we get to actually appreciate in true reality.